This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hey, More Than Workers. As many of you may know, we work in lots of different industries. As people-centric, one of our favorite industries to work in is healthcare. If you haven't watched the news lately, healthcare has been really, really struggling with this thing called the pandemic and COVID and all of that. No, this is not another COVID podcast. We're not going to jump into a pandemic podcast because we've had a lot of those and we've talked about those things and everybody's tired and was tired of hearing that. But we were recently at a hospital where the executive team was talking about how can we help our staff to be more resilient? Let's help our teams to be more resilient. And they asked us, could you do a topic with our staff on being more resilient? And one of the things that we saw, we met with some of the people on the staff and leadership teams and talked about resiliency. And what we heard was something that was really interesting was they started to hate the word resilient. They started to hate that word. And it's an interesting thing to hate that word because resilient is a good word. Like that sounds like an inspirational thing. Like just be resilient, like just be tough. So it's like, why do we hate that word? Sometimes there are things that we tell our people to do that don't quite have the same effect that we'd like it to have. So they were hating the word resilient because they were struggling with what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. And telling somebody just be resilient is almost like saying, well, just suck it up. Just get over it. Just, just do better. And they were resisting that idea. And so we started talking about that as a team at People Centric and that, that concept of being resilient. But we think there's other things that sometimes we tell as managers, our team, that don't come across the way that we mean them to. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. That's our topic. We're going to talk about being more resilient and the other dumb things that managers sometimes tell our teams. So with us, as always, is Diana Royalty, Bethany Taff, and our host, Matt Griswold. Don, I like how you painted the picture, too, of the things that managers say. Like, it sounds inspirational. And and maybe when the managers are saying these things to their staff, they have, like, in their minds, like, the bookmark of somebody climbing a mountain with, like, the sunset in the background and, like, be be resilient, you know, go get them, tiger, or that whole- Those motivational uh, posters. (laughs) Yeah, that close with the cat. Remember that one? The hang in there. Hang in there. there. Yeah. Yeah. like I, I think maybe a good place to, to start this and, and just so everybody has a context of, of uh, our conversation before this, we had a lot of fun kind of bouncing back and forth these things that we hear working with different companies of managers trying to put their best foot forward, but things get lost in translation. Things get lost in translation for the manager to the employee and, and you know, you might even have a great meeting talking about resiliency and then you leave and then the manager goes, any questions about that now? And then somebody raises their hand and they're like, yes. I'm not 100% sure how you would like me to be more resilient, right? There's still this lost lost in translation clarity thing. And so, you know, some of the thoughts that I wanted to maybe lay out first, and then we can have a conversation about this. I think foundationally, employees want to go to work and they want to do a good job for you. Employees probably want to be resilient and tough and scrappy and all of these other words that we're about to get into and, and talk about. They want to naturally help you succeed in your business. I think that's a foundational truth. The employees getting up, going to work, they're not just going through the motions. They want to be the best version of themselves that they can be, and they want to help you be the best version of the organization that you can be as a leader, too. And I think people who are in management positions, generally speaking, want to do a good job of leading their team. They want to do a good job and feel satisfied that I led my team well at the end of the day. But we don't always know how to do that. 
And so why is it, let me just throw kind of a, a general question back to the group now. We hear these words, uh, the, the, the resiliency, the scrappy, the, you know, the be creative. Uh, we had a, a lot of these words we were going through. Why do we, uh, as managers, maybe go towards buzzwords like that to throw it generally out to the team? Like what causes us to go to that place in the first place, maybe? Any thoughts? Sometimes managers get frustrated and they, you know, we were talking about this before, they get frustrated and they want something more out of their employees and they don't know how to communicate that maybe in a nice or professional way. So they grab onto these buzzwords and they just say that when really they want to say things like, just, just get over it. Just do your work, please. I need more production. I need higher efficiency. I'm so tired of this. And I think that there's a lot of managers that are in, in those shoes and they just don't know how else to say it. Now you're speaking my language. If we could just tell people like, just work harder guys, come on, get over this. I pay you to be here, be here. Like, I don't know what your problem is. This is what I want from life. This is how I yeah. want to talk. Yeah, this is great. We should just do a, we'll designate a day of the week. We'll call it frankly speaking Thursday. And you can talk to your employees however you want to talk to them. <laughs> and then you uh, will have no more employees. Nobody's allowed to take any offense to it either. You know, uh-huh. you just you just brought up something too, Bethany. You just used, you know, production and you know, this, you know, we, we talked about healthcare and publishing. Uh, too in the publishing space over the last year. It was like we need more, we need sell more stuff work, work harder. Uh, we need more revenue. Great. Everybody agrees. What, what does that mean? And where do we get it? Like, where do we, where do we go from there? And so to answer the initial question, and Don, I don't know if you have additional thoughts to this too, but sometimes we as managers know that we need to create change and we need to create some sort of forward movement, but I'm going to take some stress off of the managers, right? Sometimes you don't know the answer either. I don't know the answer. I don't know how to figure it out, but before I bring that to a conversation with employees, I feel like I'm the boss, right? I have the title. I've got to be able to figure this out. And so I, I start grasping for things like, gosh, I don't know, be resilient, be tougher, be more confident, uh, be more creative. Like we see those things rise up. And I don't know if you all would agree, but sometimes I would say that comes from a place of the manager not knowing the answer either and not sure of how to be able to get their team to understand the answer too. What would you think about that? I, I think of the movie, uh, one of my favorite movies, Joe versus the Volcano. And I know that's a weird movie to be a favorite movie, but it's one of my favorite movies. It is, it is what it is. So I would like my team to stop judging me right now because they are judging me. <laughs> but in early in the movie, Tom Hanks plays a uh, retired fireman who works in this horrible factory and he's in this job and they have like the, the, the what do they call them? The fluorescent lights that it's like, but that are flickering in the light. It's like, it's awful. Like it's just like sucking your soul out of this office, you know, in this office. And he talks yeah. to his boss, who's this greasy looking guy who's just, he was on the phone and he's yelling at somebody on the phone and he goes to him and, and the boss yells, and goes to Tom Hanks and he says, Hey, did you, did you ship those, the new catalogs out yet? And he goes, well, why didn't, and Tom Hanks says, no, I didn't yet. And he goes, why didn't you ship the new catalogs out? And he says, well, we ran out. And the boss said, well, why didn't, did you order more? And he goes, no, you won't let me order more. You told me to go through you to order more. And he goes, well, did you tell me to order more? And he goes, yeah, I did. And he goes, did you remind me two days ago? No. Did you remind me yesterday? You know, yeah. Okay. Do you need to remind me more? Like, I need you to ship those things out and I need right. to stop hearing excuses from you. 
And he's like, so ship those catalogs out. And Tom Hanks goes, well, then please order them. It's like this loop of like, I want something from you. And the employee is like, I want that thing too. Like, I want to be more resilient. Like I'm, I'm game on. Like, I want to feel tougher at work. We're on the same page on this, but why you're just telling me to do it when neither one of us know how? I think that's where, I, I think you're right, Matt. I think that's where people fall into the trap. And then I think emotion kind of plays a part into that too, because if I say, Diana, I need, I need you to be more resilient. I need you to be more scrappy. Diana probably wakes up every day and that's her motive. I've worked with Diana long enough. I know that's Diana's motivation already. And sometimes if they are, you know, if, if I'm in that where they're, they're going, I, I wake up and I drink scrappy for breakfast, right? Like I do this all, all the time. Like, how dare you come at me like that? That's where this, you know, it almost feels like a personal attack. Now you, you meant it trying to be motivational, but now it feels like a personal attack because the other side of that is you don't think that they are resilient. You don't think that they are creative. You don't think that they are trying hard to be able to produce the things that you're hoping that they produce. And then, you know, this division comes across and I want to kind of take it this direction if you guys are good with it, but that once this division kind of seeps in coming from a positive place, I think it starts in a positive place, but then that division creeps in and all of a sudden now things start to get misaligned. And what does that look like? I guess once that misalignment is there, or maybe how does it get from that place to misalignment? I don't know, Diana, what were you going to add? I was just going to say, like, I, I think you're totally right. And then I think employees start feeling like managers and leaders have no concept of reality. And they start saying things like, they have no idea what it's like down here. They're disconnected. They don't know what I do every day. And it turns into this like us versus them. And it turns into this, they don't understand us. They're crazy. They don't know what it's like. And it just feels like leadership has no clue what is going on. And they start to use those positive words that you were using like be scrappy. I mean, yeah, I'm scrappy every day. What is that guy doing? Or what is that boss doing? Or what is that manager doing? Like we are the ones who are scrappy. They need to figure it out. You know, it, and all of a sudden it, it just creates this huge divide and this misalignment um, idea where things, things become very unproductive very quickly. Don, were you going to add to that? I was just going to say like as a manager, so I'll, I want to do this from the manager's perspective for a minute here is so if somebody, if we feel like somebody needs to be more resilient or more scrappy or sell more stuff or be more innovative or be more engaged at work or whatever, we might be right. Like that's a good thing for them to become, but we're making it their problem, not yours, but you do want the employee to own it. So you're trying to get ownership. So that's, that's kind of the paradox. I think sometimes it happens in management. Ultimately, I want the employee to own it. So how do I make you own it? Right. If I make you do something, I can't, I'm by definition, you're not owning it. I'm owning it but I need you to own it. So how do I make you own it without making you own it? You know, how do I get somebody to do something when I can't get somebody to do something? Right. That's tricky. And so, I mean, the, we talk about that quite a bit and it's the idea of co-creating solutions. It's the idea of working together with the employees of saying, what can we do? Cause Diana, like and Diana in your discussion, the word they led every one of those, well, they don't think that they don't think this. And that happens on the management side too. They're not scrappy enough. They don't think we pay them enough. They're always complaining about stuff. That's it's the division. That's the problem. If we can work together on the problems, uh, then even if we fail, at least we work together on it. Like maybe there is no solution to being more resilient. You know, in the, in the hospital setting, what's happening, you know, in a lot of hospitals right now is they're getting absolutely flooded with patients and they're having to deal with cases that they don't normally have to deal with. And not just in a number, but in severity in terms of what they're having to deal with. So, I mean, it's a significant stress. I mean, literally life or death situations happening on a daily basis 
for people who are just working to try to stay, keep their head above water, like that situation just sucks. If the employees feel like when you say to the employees, just be resilient and just work through it, it you're, you feel, they feel like you're putting them out there on their own. They're not going to own that. Then there's going to be, well, they don't know it. They're not out on the floor. And then you have this division that happens at the worst time and, and people, there's no, there's no end in sight. Yeah. I think it feels for employees. So with healthcare specifically for employees who are working really hard and who are coming in and just giving it everything they've got every day, hearing those words sometimes feels like, oh, you don't think I'm doing anything. That's, that's really tough because it feels like I'm running ragged and you think I'm not doing enough. And so I think that's, I think that's where some of that disconnect happens. And that's really hard for your employees to hear. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this positive message has a completely negative, like it has the reverse impact. They're not, they're not working harder. This is where they start to disengage um, a little bit because they feel like you don't get it. You don't understand. Diana. I love how we keep saying, go back to your employees and ask them what they need. Cause I also see when managers will be like, okay, we've asked them to be resilient. That backfired. They don't like that word. So they said that they're tired. So let's like plan something fun for them to do at a, an old employer of mine. We were all very burnt out. We had a lot of projects happening and the boss was trying to do something super nice and was like, well, we're going to plan an outing and we're all going to go out together and we're all going to have a few drinks at this brewery and it's going to be really fun. And all of us hated it because we were already tired. We were already hanging out with each other multiple hours of the day more than we should have been. And so like this very nice gesture by management went south very quickly. And so I think it's really important that we hear our employees and say, what do you need from us? Because no one said we need more time together. No one said we need a brewery trip. Like those were not the things that we were asking for, but somehow management thought that this would be helpful and it turned out to be really harmful. So even those like messages that then we hear something back, then then the manager's trying to fix it when I think it really is important to keep engaging the people on the front line. Was that people-centric, Diana? Was that it was, No, it was not. No. It was a different yeah, brewery. 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 distillery, not a brewery. It was a distillery. <laughs> we did take a different. trip to a distillery. Yeah, so don't go. That's the takeaway for managers. Is don't go to a brewery. <laughs> Your employers don't want, the employees don't want that. Go to a distillery. So we oh, just. It's different. I think that's a really good point. I feel like that happens all the time, Diane. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, honestly, I just want to go be by myself in a room with a latte. That's what I would say. Probably. Yeah. Like, give me, give me three hours with my family. Like, let me take a half day or something. You know, I know yeah. you can't always do that, but it's like, I wasn't asking for an additional time to miss work when we're already busy and to hang out with people that I already spent a lot of time with. Like, I wasn't asking for those things. <laughs> So, so this is really good because I, I, you know, and I asked like, was this us? Because a couple of things is one is I've had that temptation to do that. And I'll bet I have done that before. So even if you weren't talking about me, I'll bet I, there's been times where I'm like, you guys need something, you know what, as a reward, stay even later for work today and let's all go get, do something. Like, I know we've done that, but I also know that we've done that where I think we've genuinely done, I hope, unless you're all, this is a really well-designed intervention just to bring everybody in. We talked about distilleries. We took our whole team and flew everybody out to Kentucky back in July and did, did some bourbon tour stuff. We went to Louisville Slugger Museum out in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, spent a day together. I think that I had a different approach to that 
as like the manager of the team than the brewery approach, even though the outcome was the same. And maybe you guys can talk a little bit about that, I think, in my mind. So, so you might be hearing that and saying, wait, I saw other teams do that and it worked. How come you're saying that didn't, Diana, like in your story, why didn't that work for your team? Yeah. What was the difference? So the difference is you came to us and asked us, you engaged us in that conversation and said, hey, I know we're really busy. We, we kind of planned this ahead of time and in a space where we weren't as crazy busy, but you said, if this is a hindrance, if this is too much work, do you still want to do it? And you, I think you, you definitely asked me, I'm pretty sure you asked the rest of the team, do you still want to do this? And we had a resounding, yes, we still want to do it. And so you engaged us in the conversation in my previous employer with that example, they just said, Hey guys, guess what? We're going to go do this thing. And it's after hours and we're, we're going to tool around in a limo and go to a brewery and it's going to be amazing. Right. And all of us had this huge, like throw our hands in the air. And it was like, that's we're exhausted. We already spend 14 hours a day here. Like, what are you doing? So the difference was you engaged us and asked us what we wanted. And we told you. In and that in, manager's, the, in that manager's defense, you guys sound a little whiny. Okay. Yes, that whiny. That sounds like a fun trip. We're going to get oh. a limo and go to the brewery. Oh, man. Like, okay. <laughs> I just want a nap, like, though. I just want, can I take a nap in the limo, though? Is that all right? But my yeah. husband is um, ex-military, and he always referred to that as mandatory fun because they would do that a yeah. lot in the military. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was the worst. Anyway, you will have fun and you will fall in line and you will enjoy this. So, so I think the idea is, okay, so how do we, how do we align on some of these thoughts then so we can put our best foot forward? And, you know, whenever Don did approach us, it wasn't just the Louisville thing. Like everybody was open to throw ideas out there of what we all wanted to do. And then we kind of picked and choose, you know, chose from there. Anyway, how do we align that, those, those thoughts? And I'm going to give, I'm going to start off with giving kind of a, kind of a quick tip and maybe you all can do the, do the same. I'm going to give you the latitude to still use words like resiliency and scrappy and, and tough and creative, but I'm going to give you a, a tip on the approach. Okay. So what if the approach was we all got into a room and then the manager on a whiteboard or something, or you could do it virtually too, just puts like, I don't know, I'm, I'm just feeling this resiliency thing. And then what if the manager goes, let's kind of define that though, because I don't know, it might be a word that we don't all want to cling to. It might mean something different to me. And what if I say, what does resiliency mean to you all? And then I can have a conversation from there. Like here's some, we're getting into facilitation tips now, but what if I'm able to go, um, what does it mean to you all? Uh, do you think that we demonstrate those things? Like, do you think if we could demonstrate this at a higher level, we would be maybe better? Okay, so how does each person do that? How do you demonstrate this from your role? Like, what are some tangible things that we can do? And maybe hopefully by the time this time is up, like we're all agreeing, like, yeah, this is a tangible thing. I have steps that I can take to achieve this thing um, instead of just throwing the word out. I don't know. Do you think that would help create some alignment um, there? I'm just throwing this to my team. And what feedback would you have about that? I like, you just asked, it was a rare closed-ended question for Matt. We could just say, no, no, Matt. <laughs> yeah, but all three, head, all three heads were nodding. So all I three heads were nodding. I just facilitated the heck out of that with my own team. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that this is, uh, no, I'm just giving you a hard time. I think it was funny. Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you are having those discussions about they and not we, I think you're missing something. 
you know, it doesn't matter whether you're right on the course of action. So yeah, man, I think that's absolutely a great approach to have is just to throw it on the board and say, what can we do with this? That was actually the approach we used in the example I shared at the beginning with the hospital. You know, I think they kind of knew they were, they, even when they presented the topic to give them a lot of credit, they talked about like, I think it's resiliency, but I don't think they want resiliency. Like, I don't think they want that. So we actually went into it and just kind of said, like, who wants to talk about resiliency? You want me to tell you as somebody who's not in the healthcare field, like how you should be more resilient? And, like that. and they all kind of, no, we do not want that. So then it's like, so, but can we acknowledge that we're going through a difficult time right now? And can I at least just give you a few minutes to take a breath right now and talk about what can we do to support each other and our teams through that? Yes, let's do that. And they talked about things. They talked about suggestions on getting through that. They talked about things of like, we need to share our whys more. Like we need to really share when we are successful and make sure that we're putting that out there for each other. Uh, they talked about things like, we do need to take breaks. We need to give each other time to be able to take, take a step away. Uh, we do need to take care of ourselves after work, all of those different things. And what was kind of neat about that discussion, by the way, was this specific hospital has done a heck of a lot, a heck of a lot to really show their employees support during the during difficult time during the pandemic they've done a lot of things to be able to put that out there as the employees were talking about it they started to recognize some of those things and they started to put that out there and they started giving management a lot of credit and saying well they did this for us which was great they did this which was awesome they did this which was awesome and one of them even said during the discussion said you know we really need to remember that what's happening right now is a situation that's happening to us from outside. It's not our organization. And it only shows how lucky we are to be working here during this difficult time. Uh, that came out. Now let's flip that around. Let's pretend like management had come in and said, you all just need to be more resilient because we have to get through this. Look at all the things we've done for you. You have to remember that stuff. We've all done these things for you. You can see how that would be received completely differently. It would have had a completely different result, even though it was the same things you were talking about because it took that, you took the facilitated approach, like Matt talked about at the beginning of saying, what do we need to do to get through the situation versus telling them, hey, everybody, here's, you need to suck it up. Look at what we did for you. Just be grateful. What's your problem? It's very different. Yeah. And, it, you know, I've seen it go the opposite, opposite way too, where organizations try to do that engagement part up front to be able to create buy-in. And then they go a completely opposite direction based off of <laughs> once they receive the feedback. So, you know, if you're a manager and you like tips on maybe how to manage, how to have those conversations to create buy-in, to create alignment, to create accountability with your team, we'd love to be able to walk through that with you too. We're happy to give you tips on, on those things. So it, it's really easy. Autonomy is a really basic force of our motivation. I mean, really basic, like we need autonomy. We want to have some choice, not total freedom, but we need to have some choices over what we do. You could engage your team and say like, hey, I wanna do something fun for the team, which could be anything. What would you all like to do? And I've seen managers do this and then you give the space and then the team starts to talk and they start to come up ideas. And then the manager starts to take those ideas and run with them. And they take the autonomy away from the team of like, oh, you were talking about going on a trip to Louisville. That's great. Well, you know what we're going to do is let's hit the whole East Coast. Let's go to the East Coast and then let's hit Louisville. Like, uh -huh. you're not thinking big enough. We're going to do this really big. Like, we're going to do this and, and start plugging in details. And the team starts to feel that autonomy go away. And it's, it's that, that then it becomes a they kind of a thing again. Like, you can really lose it really easily, that feeling of, that feeling of autonomy. Yeah, Don, you always say, I mean, I guess people centric always says, but something that you say really often is like the secret to engaging your employees are to engage them, right? And I think that conversation 
just having the conversation is going to allow them to feel that autonomy. It's going to allow them to feel supported. It's going to allow them to reflect on the things that you have done. So just the conversation alone is huge and actually engaging the employees and asking the questions. We'll do so much more than just handing down a decree or saying words like resilient and trying to be motivational. I think just having that conversation is such a huge step. Yeah, it builds the relationships. It brings them in on the ground level of the decision-making process. You know, one story that I'll share just briefly here and we can move to wrap up after this, but, you know, we talk about high-performing cultures and one of the things that we talk about with high-performing cultures is how engaged the employee is, is a direct reflection on how satisfied the customer also is, right? Whatever the business, patient satisfaction, customer satisfaction. And one of those companies we use kind of as the benchmark, and it's not us using them, like they consistently rank high, according to the polls, is Trader Joe's. And Trader Joe's has this culture where, man, people are passionate about this place. And I had the cool opportunity to be able to go inside of a Trader Joe's in Birmingham, Alabama, and just randomly talk to one employee. And I said, what makes you so great? Long story short, what makes you so great? And they said, I think the reason you're asking me what makes us so great is because the products that we sell, how we position the store, like that's not just done from the leadership level, like the employees have a say in what that looks like too. And I thought, man, what a, what a cool concept, first of all, and what a great answer from this person. You know, so if, if you are able as a manager to involve your people in the, not only the, the decision-making kind of process of those things that they, they would have value in, in this helping you to decide, but also strategic direction, vision and aspiration. Like those aren't things that you have to decide on your own. Involve your people in those conversations up front. Guys, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling like we need to be a little bit more creative in this lane. What do you all think? Um, I feel like we need to go a different direction, but that might just be me. Let me involve you in this. What do you think? And they might ask questions like, well, what does go a different direction even mean? How much bandwidth are you going to give me to go a different direction? Like if I, if I skip all of that conversation, what Diana and Don and Bethany have been talking about there, if I skip all of that direction, now I'm going roguely. And now I'm I, all of a sudden, this is where that misalignment comes, where I'm dragging them along the direction that I think we should be going instead of going lockstep together. Yeah. And I think that's the idea. I think, I think that's really great. And I think you have to be, one of the hard things is you have to allow your people to be wrong sometimes or be where you think they're wrong. And, and two things happen there. Sometimes maybe you think they're wrong and they're not. Like they actually have a good insight that's better than yours, which happens a lot. Or sometimes maybe they're going down the wrong path. You know, I'm thinking about like, we use the example of, you know, telling a sales team, sell more, just go sell more. Like we have to sell more. What are we going to do? Go sell more. In a lot of companies, it is the idea that we have to sell more is a big thing. Like it's, we have to go sell more. What I think works a little bit better sometimes in that situation is saying, okay, if we can't sell more, here's where we're at, then let's just talk about some of the decisions we're going to have to make. What, what are we going to have to do? So if you're telling us you're doing the best you can and what's that look like, then let's, let's start talking about what we're going to have to do as a company. If we can't sell yeah. more, then this is the stuff we're going to have to do, which if you can't impact the revenue line, you have to impact the expense line, you know, not as a threat, but like, like, okay, let's, I believe you, like, let's talk about that. And sometimes what you'll see then is a team that goes, well, wait a minute, maybe we're not thinking about this. I didn't know what we were talking about those kinds of changes, like maybe there's something we can go back to the board to, to think differently about. I think that's hard sometimes as a leader to watch, in, in, especially if you kind of know the direction you need to go, is let other people try to figure that out and get there and stumble along the way. 
Yeah. And I, I will add to that. I think it's really scary for leaders to ask, what do you need? Because leaders are afraid that employees are going to ask for the world, right? They're going to ask for more resources. They're going to ask for more people. They're going to ask for more time off. They're going to ask for things that like the company can't provide for them. And so I'll give a shout out to Matt. He leads a lot of really great conversations where he says, okay, I get that everybody wants more money. I get that everybody wants more people. And I get that everybody wants more time. If we can't give you those things, what else could you use? Instead of those things, what else could you use? And people always come up with really great, wonderful answers. You just have to ask them. You just have to engage them in those conversations and not be afraid to say, I hear you, but I can't do that part. What else can we do? And just explain to them why you can't do it and and start sharing more information and being more transparent in those conversations. And then sprinkle into a little empathy along the way too, because I know that we as leaders want to solve all the problems, but sometimes it's just going to be like, well, what do I need? I need more time. I need, I need 20 new customers to walk in and buy, sign a contract. You know, people will say that. And then it's like, then I've heard leaders say, well, then you can't have those things. So what else could you have? And just push that back. But I think, you know, again, giving Matt credit in those conversations, there's a moment, there's a line that goes between there that says, you know, well, I get that that's what you want. And I get that, like, we really do want that. Like we're all in game, like, and it sucks that we're not getting that. Like, it's, it's terrible that we're in this position or whatever it is. We would choose something differently, but since we can't, like, what does that look like? And that little bit of empathy, it's kind of acknowledging the pain and allowing people to vent a little bit just for a moment. And then now what do we do? Like pivoting on that, I think is another great tip. Yeah. Great. So uh, we've kind of already started the tip process here on how to be able to come full circle with this conversation. It's, it's funny because we started the conversation with these inspirational words of be resilient, uh, do great things. And a lot of managers at this at that point might have been like, yes, this, this is definitely my jam. I love saying things like that. And then we have the reality of this is how your people probably feel about when you say stuff like that. Uh, maybe they don't. Maybe you're already doing all of these wonderful things already, but you are you are potentially creating involuntarily and indirectly misalignment with your team trying to be motivating. Uh, and it might have a, an exact opposite effect. So anyway, good conversation. Any other tips that you might leave these folks with on something to walk away with from the employee or the manager level? One tip that I was thinking of, and you really, you said it, Matt, but I just want to highlight it that I think with, for, for the employee, if you are in that situation and your manager, your boss, tells you one of these things, we need to innovate, be more resilient, whatever it is. I think it's okay to step back and just ask the, the next question of like, Hey, can we talk through this? Like, what is that? What are you really looking for when you say you want to see us be more resilient? What are you hoping to see? This is where I'm at. I'd love to get there. I just need to know what you're looking, what you're looking for. Yeah, the challenge I think for managers is is managing and leading in a way where you you are creating a space for your employees to feel comfortable to bring that conversation to you. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other topic, probably. But that's a good that, that that's the pulse check there. Are you creating an environment that is welcoming to your employees to be able to bring you feedback like that? So good, good conversation, Diana. What were you going to say? I I love that. I'll add and circle back to something that we said earlier. It's the wait until they're asking for it or go ask for it, right? If you're an employee and you need something, go ask for it. If you're a manager, don't assume you know what your employees need, ask them what they need. And so I think that helps create part of that dialogue and that'll help start build those relationships like you were talking about, Matt. I think it's all about what do you need and not assuming I know what you need. Awesome. Thanks, Don. How about you? 
Well, I was going to add, yeah, if you're going to start that dialogue and you're getting stuck, which happens a lot, you need to go back to why. You need to go back to that why. Why are we talking about this? Why is this so important? If you can start there, then you can start at a common spot and then work towards work forward and solve problems together. If you're, if you're stuck, go back to the why. Yeah, that's great. All right. Hopefully uh, you, you uh, learned something from this conversation. Here are some good tips uh, maybe to use along the way. And hopefully, you know what? Vulnerable, humble leadership listens to a podcast like this and says, oh man, I think I messed that up. I think I'm guilty of that. And I think this is a great opportunity for you to be able to reset just a little bit and be able to say, okay, let me rally the troops for just a second here, because I think I might've misspoken. And, and I will tell you what, if you can lead with an air of humility and vulnerability like that, people will naturally follow you. They will naturally appreciate that and they will naturally follow you. So great conversation. Good to see everybody again. Uh, if you have other conversation topics that you would like us to talk about, we're always open to hearing that. And until next time, we will talk to you then. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.